1: There are 714 days until the 2024 presidential election and 42 days until the new Congress is sworn in. Uh, welcome to today's episode of the Mary Trump Show with the Nerd Avengers. Hi Dahlia. Hi Brian.
2: Hey Mary, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>
1: okay. I'm, I'm just like not prepared for I don't know. I still think it's
3: April. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know, right?
4: <laughs> I well, didn't let me he,
2: get Coffee, so it's happy Thanksgiving.
4: What is it? What does it say that Mary, in the face of being greeted with happy Thanksgiving, scoffs and rolls her eyes?
1: <laughs> well, do we Has- really want to go off on that particular <laughs> <laughs> hashtag pumpkin spice, shoot me. Um,
2: <laughs> well, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> uh <laughs>
1: Like they're just that we keep we keep coming up not we but the sadists among us keep coming up with all of these ways to um, lengthen and amplify the worst things about our holidays. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever. So it's like I it it's sort of like the movie Brazil, except that um, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas have become one big holiday that lasts about six months.
2: Hello, thanks, Mass.
1: And if the Republicans have anything to say about it, they're going to add Easter into the mix too.
2: <laughs> yes, but but they'll leave out Hanukkah and Kwanzaa.
1: Exactly, and yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm an atheist, so I and you know we still do Christmas, but it's totally a secular holiday. Um, yeah. So uh, Easter, however, it's a, it's hard to pretend that that's not not a very religious holiday. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> we started off on an we we are not gonna well the Cadbury like I don't really eat uh, sweets anymore so as a child however I could probably eat like 10 Cadbury cream eggs in one (laughs) sitting if I had one now I would like go into a diabetic coma (laughs) (laughs) and I'm already in a bit of a coma (laughs) so I'm trying to avoid that sort of thing Um, slow news week (laughs) so I thought we would Help! <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! You know, Dalia. Um, before we started, um, you and and our producer Simon were having a a chat about. Um, I mean, it came in the middle, but I knew what you were talking about immediately when I heard the 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 words "New York Times" and "leak" mentioned in the same. Same breath, because, uh, you know, once again, the New York Times fails us mi- miserably. Thanks, Dean Becke. Um, I bet I, I have this this idea that Dean Becke and Elon Musk are like best friends. <laughs> but anyway, putting that aside. Um, and you were, of course, talking about uh, what is actually a very important story uh, that uh, it, involving not illegal, but certainly illicit and troubling access to scotus that certain high profile uh definitely partisan uh, institutions and people have to certain justices on the supreme court uh and again it's was framed as an issue about leaks so can you help walk us through one why that framing is dangerously misguided and two, the real importance of that particular story, especially as it relates to uh, the absolute freakout that the John Roberts, Alito, Thomas Supreme Court had about the actual leak that occurred before the Dobbs decision came down. And, and hi, Jen.
4: You're muted.
2: Happy yeah. Thanksgiving, Jen. That's okay, Dahlia.
1: Okay,
5: after how many years? Okay, sorry, I decided okay. to show up a little late.
1: I, I, that's okay. It's it. I I will give you a demerit
5: offline. Go ahead, Dolly. <laughs> that sounds very uh, interesting and juicy. Cool. Well, it's not. <laughs>
4: so Dahlia, I, I guess. The the short, long version is that this was a, a piece that dropped Saturday morning in The New York Times. Uh, Wait, really, that was the other thing, like Saturday morning? Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, really deeply reported, but framed as a story about a sort of second leak uh, at the Supreme Court, framed as a story about how, as you just said, Mary, you know, after the Dobbs decision when everyone was running around trying to figure out who the leaker was, by the way, that investigation still ongoing, still no results, still so no idea weird. what's happening. Um, but somebody came forward at the time when John John Roberts purported to be interested in smoking out the leaker and said, here, I've got some information about a time that uh, allegedly Samuel Alito leaked the decision in uh, Hobby Lobby that was the 2014 huge, huge case was a challenge to uh, the part of the Affordable Care Act that had a contraception mandate that said that employers had to pay uh, as part of a package of just basic services and health care had to pay for contraception. And as you'll recall, uh, some religious employers who were, by the way, you know, just secular Stores, including Hobby Lobby, the Green family said they would not pay it because this triggered abortions and they won. Five-four at the court. So this is some reporting that in 2014, just before Hobby Lobby was decided, allegedly Justice Alito and his wife had dinner with the rights who were big donors. And explain to them that this is, it was gonna be 5 4 with Alito writing. The reason I say it's not really a leak story is that what gets lost in all that, whether or not, you know, Alito, I should say, has emphatically denied. Interestingly, that the rights did anything wrong in trying to get access to him. The, the um, denial was really interesting, says he, he said nothing of the sort. And this is all scurrilous. But all of this kind of takes attention away from the fact that there was a years long operation to get multimillion dollar donors. To donate to the Supreme Court, the Anadine Supreme Court Historical Society, or to uh, right. donate to this particular anti-abortion group, and they would get access. They would get access to the justices. They got to go to the Christmas parties. Uh, the rights had seats that were given to them by Clarence Thomas and uh, Samuel Alito. And uh, uh, they prayed together. They that was one of together. my favorite
1: things. They prayed, but they 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 they. they... Frame their prayers as, uh, or they, sorry, they close World their Rangers. political agenda in prayers.
4: I mean, the whole operation was to sort of stiffen the resolve in the spines of the conservative justices in religious liberty cases. But it just so happens that there was this years long pay to play operation where if you put money into these various projects, the justices would have wealthy you know, donors and dinners. They'd fly out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming and be at your ranch unprecedented influence and seats at oral arguments these very coveted seats that the justices set aside for their close friends. So in my view, you know, we can talk about the leak, is it shocking that Chief Justice John Roberts tasked the marshals' office at the court, which is really good at like monitoring line standards, but like not an investigative uh, 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 operation by any stretch. Line
1: standards, line Cures. standards. Like if
4: you're Cures. standing in line, like the marshals are crackerjacks. But behind the stanchions, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take they away know how the to. They know how to get us in line, but what they, you know, it's just such a a, a hilarious thing that. All the people, as you're saying, that were calling for blood after the leak, that were naming liberal clerks and saying, you know, go after this and that liberal clerk because we suspect them. All that was happening around the leak. All that stopped when it became pretty manifest that the leaker was not one of the liberal uh, justices or their clerks. But I just want to like recenter us on the fact that there were a bunch of wealthy donors who were paying money to all the Supreme Court. His, and
6: illegal.
4: Ex- exactly. And it's and it's in violation of the non existent ethics rules that do not bind the justices. I will stop there.
1: Well well first of all I I wanna I want to follow up with one thing. sort of the irony here is do we really think that Thomas and Alita wouldn't have ruled the same way without the, I mean it's absurd. Of course they would have because they're just horrible uh Christo fascists at this point. Um but do you think Because John Roberts has been so vehement about not allowing the justices on his court, including the most corrupt of them, to be held to any ethical standards whatsoever. Uh, Do you think this this um, sort of faux outrage uh, with the Dobbs decision, because I mean, we don't. I, I guess we don't know definitively, but it seems pretty obvious that the the leaker was Jenny Thomas or Clarence Thomas or Samuel Lita or somebody in their circle. Oh, um, I know who it was. Do, Awesome. Uh, we'll get there in a second. Do you think yeah. that uh, you know that sort of um, kabuki theater was a way to um, make it about make any kind of controversy about the leak, not the actual. Activity.
4: I mean, it it was clear at the time, I think, that the level of hysteria around the leak and going after the leaker. And let's remember, Supreme Court clerks were having their phones searched last summer. Like, this is no joke. This was real. And as I said, we're being outed by name. Uh, by, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, conservative court watchers without any basis in truth. And you're right. It was a distraction from the horror show that was Dobbs. It was also, I think, an effort to begin to, you know, if you kind of drop the leak, then by the time Dobbs comes down in June, we've all normalized it. So it's a little bit of an effort to do that, too. But I think the media did. (laughs) Well, the media did. uh, And, you you know, I I think that the single most essential thing here is your initial point, Mary, which is maybe it doesn't matter that these people were flying around on junkets with the justices and donating all this money ostensibly to a neutral historical society. But in fact, it bought them access to Christmas parties. Maybe that doesn't matter because the justices were so totally in the tank for the Green family and Hobby Lobby that it doesn't matter. And I just want to stop and think about what that means in terms of the appearance of impropriety. Like, no, it isn't improper for me to pal around with parties to the lawsuit, or as Justice Thomas would say of his wife, Ginny, it doesn't matter if my wife is actually attending rallies on the morning of January 6th, or organizing uh, people to call state legislature, legislators to set aside the electors and put in you know fake electors none of that matters because i'm totally in the tank for it anyway like if that's the defense we are in big freaking trouble and the very last thing i would say and then i really want to hear who brian says is the leaker <laughs> but i think the last thing is to just remember that the ethics rules at the court, which are binding on every other article three federal judge, but not on the nine justices. The justices say they consult them like the way you would consult the menu or yeah. you know the way you might yeah. consult uh, AccuWeather. So they're mm-hmm. not binding, but let's be really clear. The rule is you avoid the appearance of impropriety, not your own feeling of its improper. The appearance, so that litigants don't think that you're in the tank for the other side, that's the lodestar. And that is the thing that has been totally shattered now. And Justice Alito's view that it just doesn't matter because it just doesn't matter. The rights didn't do anything improper or he didn't leak. That's not the problem here.
1: Yeah. And, and listen, I, I think uh, actually that it's bullshit that they even, uh, what's that word? Well, wow. uh, They don't even look. At the rules, the the corrupt justices on that side of the court, they they don't they don't feel they need to anymore. If they ever did, I, I mean, so so Brian, I know you're going to tell us who the leakers, but I also um, want to follow up by just pointing out I, this happens all the time, and it actually it's so infuriating it makes my head explode at this point. But we often hear in situations like this, imagine. If Justice Sotomayor had done this, or imagine if Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama had to blah blah blah. Okay, so the question is, we can imagine that, and yes, the right would go insane, and and all there would be all hell to pay. Not hard why to doesn't imagine. why doesn't anything equivalent? Like, why do we have to imagine that? Why don't we do something about it? The what they continue to get away with. It gets worse and worse and worse because, again, there are never any consequences, and we're just left to imagine what it would look like um, if we did hold them accountable because of what they would do if a somebody on the left did something similar. First of all, who's the leak or er, leaker? <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, look, I don't. <clears throat> this is a complicated issue. Uh, it, it was not it, in the beginning. Justice Roberts, uh, Chief Justice Roberts, had no idea. They did suspect, he did suspect that it was from the left. But you don't have to go any further than Alito's office to understand where the leak came from. That's where it came from. The people who were responsible for it, there were a confluence of events that led to it. And that confluence of events includes one clerk that I know that was aghast at the decision and others who, as you said, Mary, I believe you pointed out, wanted to get it out early so that people would get used to it, particularly the press. And so it was leaked to a couple of people that were very, all you got to do is look at the existing relationships between the people who leaked it and, and that office, Alito's office. And that's, look, They deflect from it. Alito's one of the ones that said we have to go after whoever did it. Well, okay, look in the mirror, big fella, because that's where it came from. And Jenny Thomas was already knee deep in her own uh, mire at the time. Well, actually, maybe up to her neck in it at the time. So it wasn't her because she was already busy with someone else. And so was her husband. But you don't have to go any farther than Alito's office. That's where the responsibility is. I happen to know the clerks that were there who will, if they get called, will testify. So I, I without naming names there, it's, it came from that wing of, of the, uh, <clears throat> of the Supreme Court. So and- I'm going to
1: ask you a silly question. Um, so if, if, if it is indeed that the case, um, what why isn't Chief Justice Roberts uh, pursuing it in a way we know he would, if it had been somebody like uh, Justice Breyer or Sotomayor?
2: Well, my problem is why didn't to your ancillary to your question why don't they pursue it publicly, as they would if it were a, a Democrat? I'm not convinced they aren't pursuing something privately, but without the light of day and the transparency needed to adjudicate this properly, we're screwed. But so you
1: know, our- you know that if if Roberts does find out definitively <clears throat> that it was Alito or somebody in Alito's camp, and Alito knew about it, nothing will. We will never know.
2: That's the problem. That's what I fear. Yes, Yes, that is the problem. Absolutely. And that's and, you know, the what ifs can go to hell as far as I'm concerned. Justice delayed is justice denied. And they're sitting on the Supreme Court. And they, (laughs) as Dahlia pointed out, there's far worse than leaking news. It's the influence peddling that you have to worry about. That is unheard of in the Supreme Court. That's the problem that has to be dealt with, and the New York Times piece has not gotten traction. You can't ask that question, and the White House will be deflected from it. They won't uh, deal with the issue, and honestly, it has to be dealt with ex- through the executive branch and the legislative branch because th- this particular judicial branch of the government has exposed itself for being as corrupt as, you know, Matt Gates.
1: Well, you know, I think the new uh, the new uh, Congress that convenes in 42 days uh, the house will will do whatever they can. I think they're actually going to sanctify the six republican justices on the street. Well, I think I think, I think to... that's where we're heading. But I yeah. I want to I, I just want to ask Jen a quick question and then I want to shift gears to uh, something else. Jen, can we finally put the rest uh, the idea that John Roberts uh Gives a shit at all about the reputation of his court and just concede that all he cares about is power and, you know, getting getting the kinds of rulings he want. He wants, which is essentially the dismantling of democracy and the um, preferencing of uh, Christian nationalist state.
5: So that was a, <clears throat> a multi-part question there, Mary. Um, but it wasn't loaded. <laughs> uh, and I would say, I believe he actually does still care about the reputation of the court as well as his own reputation. And that is why he thinks, that's why he will, he. this is true, Mary. And I think he actually believes that somehow conservatives are calling balls and strikes. Um, so he's delusional, basically. Um. No, I think he subscribes to a particular ideology that he thinks is neutral interpretation of words on paper. Like, I really believe I think he's a true believer. Yes. In his approach, honestly. And. uh Well, that doesn't mean he's not. Del- I mean, I find uh, just. Yes. I'm sorry, he's-
1: I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just I, I, I I'm just I'm sort of asking as somebody who doesn't really. You know, you guys know so much more about this than I do. But as a layperson, I find that um, insane. Like if that's yeah, I truly mean, here, your look, belief, then there's something wrong with Let me with
5: just uh, – I got to tell you something. Okay. I'm not one of these you – know, when I went to law school, I was skeptical about the whole project of the legal system. And in fact, I've come to become more enamored of institutions over time. I was the person who was the English major going to law school going – why do they think there's narrative closure, right? Because I was raised during the era of deconstruction, going, okay, so there's oh, a, dec- okay, so it. it was very hard for me to enter into even the project of this idea that there is law. I mean, Derrida. No- right. So, but the good news is, I learned to say, you know, there's this thing that we used to say in literary theory classes: sure, language only approximates meaning, but you know, when I order a pizza from Domino's, I use words so it will be delivered on time. With cheese, you know. You're giving so, me you know, flashbacks. Sorry. So what so I became to understand um how law was an instrument, right? And I used to actually be one of those people who believed that you could still cynically use the master's tools to dismantle the master's house or at least build a better house. And I thought that law could be a tool for social change. I think I've talked recently that after all the stuff that Dolly, in fact, wrote about in Lady Justice, about the way the Um, you know, everyone kind of rallied around the airports, social media helped get people to stand up. I began to see uh, social media as a tool for legal change. Um, So I'm somebody who is ultimately a reformer and a humanist. So to say all this is, I'm not one of these people who is like, oh, shit, Santa Claus doesn't exist. When we find out, shock shock there's politics going on at the supreme court so i've always believed that is it a political branch that's why it's in the fucking constitution is one of the branches of it it's not a branch of priests it's not a branch of Yet. people who are brains in a jar with a body moving the brain around it has always every single person has been a wise latina or anything else they come with their bodies their minds their histories and if you actually study any of the legal doctrines that require judicial discretion when it gets when the rubber meets the road they talk about bringing in their own perspectives in a lot of the different decisions that are made even in something as basic as civil procedure so all of this is to say i know you wanted you asked me a question i think he has bought into a particular way of viewing courts and the part that makes him delusional is the part where he refuses to understand that that is a political decision Um, And so on. And I think that they're so terrified of saying, look, we are a branch of politics. We're not supposed to be part of partisan politics, but clearly we are because a lot of money goes in to making sure that certain leaders get elected so they can appoint certain justices. But if we're going to be a political branch, that has designated ourselves through Marbury versus Madison as a check on the legislative branch. Let's just come out there and say it. I mean, listen, it's all everything that Nico Bowie said. It's, you know, why can't we just have these real conversations? And I get so frustrated with my friends who are constitutional law scholars because I think they're utterly brilliant, but they absolutely are very naive about how people common people like me, because I'm a common, like, you know, corporate law person turned, um law professor that we've never believed their bullshit we've just nodded along because it's helped us get the rights we want anyway off my soapbox that's what i have to say well do you hate all
1: that no i mean basically shorter gen correct me if i'm wrong is the danger here is that people like robert actually think you can just call balls and strikes
5: he thinks that yes he thinks that and also that he you know again if we're trying to get trust institutions we have to be honest about what they do yeah. And be honest about, this is where you should be modest about, this is why the Supreme Court often, when it uses its power of um, you know, judicial review, interpreting statutes enacted by Congress and deciding whether they're enforceable or not, they should be modest. They should understand they're a co-equal branch of government. And if we talked about what's really going on, we wouldn't go to the extreme of saying, oh my God, it's all just partisan politics, or it's all just balls and strikes. It's absolutely somewhere in between. And it's really becomes clear that it's politically loaded when it comes to hot button issues, not so much when it comes to other areas where you see interesting bedfellows on decisions. Anyway, I mean, yeah. that's how I've always seen it. And so it's kind of like a little humorous for me, for people like humorous. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of, I just, it's hard for me to, and painful for me to see people say, you know, oh, there isn't a Santa Claus because I'm like, dude, I'm Jewish. I've always known this. Same story about the court.
1: <laughs> okay, yes. But the, I mean, this is a, this 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 is court will go down in history as being among the worst
5: uh, ever. I mean, I think Dred um, Scott and, and was and a pretty not, fucking bad decision. I though, said too. one of. Okay, one sorry, of. sorry. But I totally no, agree with you. I, listen, Mary, but, you what I'm saying is that, I agree that with that we're,
1: you. E- you even say that and that, that, you know, Roberts is in the same,
5: league as tanny that's
1: like it's just the fact that like we're not as bad clearly
5: because small know. correction i think it's pronounced tawny i always i always mispronounce it bitch, you know why but, you i know. always
1: mispronounce it it's the same reason i uh when when somebody first said the word paradigm to me i said in my head oh paradigm." that's how you because <laughs> no, i never heard it said out loud before like i don't i don't hang out with lots of people it who, is paradigm from
5: now on tawny. in
1: my vocabulary my <laughs> wife says
2: paradigm
1: as one of my professors once said, there's no such thing as correct pronunciation. There's only preferred pronunciation. So we can we can pronounce things however we want. Uh, we actually have a new guest today. I want to welcome her. uh, uh Danielle Moody, who is the uh, new co-host of The New Abnormal.
3: Hello, Danielle. congratulations
1: on your new gig. Thank you so much,
3: friend. You're
1: welcome. It. Yeah, So so this is... Your first time being on the Nerd Avengers as, as, at least as far as I know, I had to read about it in the Daily Beast. Thank you very much.
3: Well, I was just tweeting. To, I mean, I was just texting to ask them, like, did the announcement happen today or no? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm glad that, I'm glad people know about it. So we're all
1: right on top of Everybody's
3: it. Everybody's right on time. Yeah. That's great. That's so
1: great. But seriously, uh, congratulations. That is excellent news. Um, so, I I was struggling to come up with things to talk about today, uh, more so than usual. Um, not because there's nothing to talk about, because there's so much to talk about. And, like, how do you tease out what to give preference to? Because everything feels so urgent and important. I mean, we've got Twitter, we've got... Uh, the shooting in Colorado Springs and everything that entails. We've got the Georgia runoff coming up. Oh, by the way, good news: the appeals court is going to allow Saturday early voting. Um, but I looked at some of the numbers. I don't know if you guys have seen this chart, but uh, just it's you know just to continue uh, another another chapter in the saga of white people are just gobsmackingly awful. Um, if you look at how they're voting down in Georgia, it's just it's sort of demoralizing, but uh, Senator Warnock is ahead, uh, but that doesn't mean anything. Just vote, 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 vote if you live in Georgia. Um, and vote on Saturday because you can. Um, and, you know, we've got, uh, Danielle, we've got the lame deck se- session that we're in now. Deck? No, duck. Um, yeah, it's we've got them quacking in their boots, right? The the lame ducks. Um, oh, hey, Wash. Uh, so... You know, it all just uh, feels very heavy. Uh, there's a lot that we can accomplish in the lame duck, but will we? Because do we have the votes? We only have until January 3rd, I think. Sixth. So, oh, sixth. That would be terrible. But I do think it's January. No, it's January 3rd. Sorry. Um, but let's let's just take a step back, and uh, if you'd like, talk about the train wreck that is Merrick Garland. And um, sort of our opinion of Merrick Garland aside, is there potential good in, you know, whether or not a special counsel could have, should have been appointed, the answer to that is no. (laughs) Donald should have been indicted like four decades ago. Um, But we have a special counsel. So, Danielle, is, is, is that something that could end up being a good thing, even though it Shouldn't have happened.
3: Yeah. So I'm just going to be the bearer of bad news because that's just how I'm feeling today. Um, Which is no, I don't like, here's the thing. I feel very, um, I don't know on the fence about this special counsel. I feel like we just continue to kick the can down the road. Um, I feel like I don't give a shit what people say about Jack Smith. I heard the same exact words used to describe Robert Mueller um, and and Mer- know, Merrick they, Garland, and, and Merrick Garland, and and all of these people, and the the fact is, is that I don't. Our justice system was not created to prevent wealthy white men in power from not doing bad things, and in fact, that we all know, and uh, what sh- tells you that our justice system is absolutely abysmal is that we all know that if you were to put if. If Donald Trump were a woman, if Donald Trump were a person of color, we wouldn't even be having this. If Donald Trump were queer, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because he would have been in jail under a jail at least four decades ago for all of the crimes that he has committed against. For those who are keeping right against renters in New York, against, you know, people who he never paid against you know, all the ways in which Donald Trump has shown himself to be a criminal. People he's related
1: having, to, even, maybe.
3: People he's related maybe. to. Um, so I think that, what what does this what does this say? I had so many people tweet and say, um, you know, this is a good thing. We need to cross all our, our our T's and dot our I's. And I'm saying, it's been 22 fucking months. It's been 22 months of an investigation. It's been 22 months, and... It will be the two-year anniversary of the insurrection of 3,000 people breaking into the Capitol building at the behest of the President of the United States. And we're still part and parceling whether or not his tweets or whether or not his thoughts really incited violence. I mean, I just don't know how much more evidence that you need? And so, the special counsel. What does Merrick Garland think that he's doing? Is he just in the hopes that the the Trump supporters will see him as impartial? Will see him as neutral? Will see this as a non political move? Like they're they're not going to. So I'm like, who are we trying to convince with this special counsel? Who are we who are we supplying cover to? I'm I'm just so for me and the people who follow me and listen to me. They're beside themselves because they know that justice is never going to happen, that justice is going to continually be delayed and that at the end of it, we can say, oh, well, we just didn't have enough or it was for the good of the country that we don't want to charge in twice impeach ex-president who's going to run again, win and then finish the job, the hit job on our democracy with the help of Elon Musk. So I just, you know, at, at this point the exasperation the grief the anger the rage that everyone has i understand because i embody it as well so mm-hmm. i you know i'm not a lawyer but by all means tell me the ways in which this is going to make it this is going to make all well
2: can i jump in there real quick? i
1: i just i just but I, I just quickly want to um echo that it was a gut punch to me i'm not saying it was surprising but it, just like Dobbs wasn't surprising. Still a gut punch. Go ahead, Brian. Okay.
2: I don't know what evidence they have. to, And the, none of us do. So to say well, that we know a lot it,
1: of it because we've seen it.
2: We don't know what evidence they have. We have we know what we've seen. We don't know what evidence they have. But I am critical of justice delayed being justice denied. That being said, so I, I agree with you know the, the sentiment that this could be a delay tactic. However, <clears throat> when I look at it, and this has been, in, in Dahlia's, uh, and Dahlia's, I'm sorry, Danielle, you're right. It has been ongoing for 22 months. When the Mueller investigation started and they appointed a special counsel, it took three months just to get the investigation up and running because it started from ground zero. This guy comes in not at ground zero, but 22 months in. The, the advantage, I think, if there is an advantage, if there's, if there's a positive spin on it, it's this. Merrick Garland has much more on his plate than Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump would love to think that he's the most important thing on the planet, but running a Department of Justice is much larger than Donald Trump. So on, on any given day, Merrick Garland has a lot of decisions that he has to make, and Donald Trump is just part of it. The only advantage I can see out of this, and the one that I hope is is the reality of it, is that Smith coming in, he has one job, and is one job, is to oversee the Donald Trump investigation. So while you already have an investigation that's been up-ramped for 22 months, it's ongoing. Now there's just one guy who can donate all of his time to bringing uh, Donald to justice. I do believe that that this investigation will lead to an indictment of Donald Trump and multiple indictments. I have not seen anything that would keep me from believing that it's always harder to prosecute a crime than it is to commit a crime. All of that being said, I firmly believe that they have dotted their I's and crossed their T's to the nth degree, and there needs to be some action now, if not before now. I agree with all of that as well. I'm just trying to put a positive spin on the possibility, the yeah. very real possibility that what this means is not that it there won't be an indictment, but it could mean that there will be an indictment. And soon,
1: you know, I, Washington, I want to get to for in a second, but Jen wrote a piece about this for Washington Monthly, and I want her to just, you know, talk about that for a second. But, you know, I, I guess my my point about this is it never should have happened. Donald should have been indicted a long time ago. And yeah, we don't know what evidence the Justice Department have. When I said we've seen a lot of evidence, what I meant was we've seen enough to to know that the guy should be indicted at the very least so whatever they have just compounds that right so there's there's that aspect of it um and if indeed like i think that anybody would be better at this point at handling this investigation than merrick garland but that doesn't mean it's still doesn't mean it's a good thing it just it's just a huge indictment of merrick garland jen
5: yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'd like to say before I begin that I'm a little on the fence, as the piece I wrote for Washington Monthly said, but I want to tackle point by point, Brian, some of the stuff you said, just to be clear, sure. which is um, there was probable cause to yes. search the premises. The standard for indictment, unless I've forgotten it, is probable cause. I don't, exactly. I so, so. Here's here's where um, Merrick Garland fucked up. He could have indicted on the Friday after the election. Yes. And he knew that Trump was maybe about to announce and he knew he obviously didn't just call Jack up yesterday on the phone. He probably thought this was his plan for a while to put in a special counsel so he could have fucking done that before, too.
2: Well,
6: I think Donald declaring- Hold
5: on, hold on. No, no. People were calling on Merrick Garland. George Conroy wrote an essay. Merrick Garland just appoint a special counsel now because there are so many different investigations. He could have done that then. Yeah. But because he's done it now, he has basically shown that, yes, um, Donald can simply use this announcement to deflect he should have had this special counsel separated into different topics so that's one thing but two i you know to me um i'm very concerned about the choice um on the one hand we've often said you know echoing jesse eisen Eisenger, that um too much pro- prosecutors too often are more concerned about their track record than taking on hard cases, right? The chicken shit club. And so the thing is, Jack Smith took on a lot of hard cases. And so that's good. Um, And apparently he's not afraid of losing them. Or, I mean, well, you know, I, I can go through and talk about the major public corruption cases he not only lost, but one that his lawyers after he left, or maybe it was his decision early on, fucked it up so bad that has basically eviscerated the main bribery law the case against um and i and i wrote about this by the way for people who think that i'm one of these like internet trolls who's like oh whatever garland does i'm just going to find a way to criticize i mean i wrote about this case in big dirty money which came out in 2014 and i followed this you know some of this stuff for a long time and that's the one example is the mcdonald case the former governor of virginia who was indicted under a um a, a law uh 18 USC 1951 which it deals with extortion of public officials as well as this um as well as a uh wire fraud statute that that would apply to him he was not charged under the main bribery statute 201 because he's not a federal public official for some unknown reason the prosecution and defense stipulated that they would allow the the courts to refer to the federal bribery statute for purposes of his conviction it was not even in the case. And and in the language of the statutes under which he was indicted don't use the same language. So first of all, his conviction gets overturned. And second of all, a unanimous Supreme Court narrowly interprets this bribery statute. It's not, I'm surprised that they did. Anyone following the court's interpretation of that statute back to when Scalia wrote a decision in this other case dealing with unlawful gratuities would have known it was the wrong thing to do. So basically put a nail in the coffin of already... Um, weak bribery statute. So that's not great for me. I mean, there's other stuff. And I'm sure he's like probably a really good lawyer and maybe the reason why he's chosen. don't care though. (laughs) Wait, let me just say the one good thing about choosing someone who already has a marred reputation is he's not afraid of marring his his own perfect record that might, he might be willing to take this case. He might also recognize that it could be overturned, but he's going to go hard, but I don't really want this case overturned if there's a conviction. So anyhow, that's, I mean, I have a mixed, mixed feeling. So what I, I, where I come out is it could be good. It could be bad, Uh, Garland's playing three-dimensional chess, that's kind of a mistake because delay is like a supercomputer. You don't know what's going to happen in the interim, but it is what it is. The only person we should have our eyes on right now is Fawny Willis, the DA of Fulton County, because she's actually a lawyer who doesn't have a Hamlet complex. Um, And I think I used to believe that Garland would go first. Now I think she'll go first. She will indict. Um, and don't yell at me, people, in the comments that the governor, who is a Republican, will will um, be able to pardon. He can't. In Georgia, the governor does not have pardon power. It's a commission. Um, and that commission can only, or panel, that panel can only engage in a pardon after you've applied. And you can only apply five years after you're released from prison. Thank you very much. I love the soapbox. Usually Watch stands on this, but I'm just standing on it, Wad. Well,
1: we all take turns. Thank um... you.
5: You know? And it is white collar crime is my thing. So
1: Exactly. Like every once in a while, something just lands in our wheelhouse and we need to jump up on the subbox and and uh, scream into the void. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're, we're all being heard. Right. Because, uh, <laughs> uh you know what? Waj, um, Je, Je, everything Jed said is in, in my view, I know we're supposed to disagree with each other because it makes for better drama, but I agree with everything she said. Um, and even the, but it is still, you uh, know, I like, I think if, if uh, Smith or whatever the, his name is, um, the guy who, who looks like a, kind of like a, a, um, what a redheaded stepchild of the Avengers or something like with
7: a scruffy, you know. he, he looks like a very uh, good supervillain or a member of shield who, without a sense yeah, of,
1: view. yeah, yeah, yeah. Frozen Cape lore. That works too. I like that. People say he looks um, like
5: Beard from um, uh, what is that? Yeah, called? Lasso. Um,
1: anyway, uh, if he doesn't indict soon, like, like the fact it, it's it's that the clock once again got restarted, and uh, we're we we've had this seesawing. No, it's going to be it's going to be the DOJ. No, it's going to be Georgia. No, it's going to be New York. No, it's going to be the DOJ, and now we're back to Georgia again, and i guess that's all right uh if indeed um there are indictments she's she's interviewing uh what no stone who's going in front of the uh grand jury today um hmm, i can't remember but two like heavy big players in 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 donald's inner circle um so important I can't remember their names but if if I could remember them you would know exactly who I'm talking about anyway watch I uh, it it does it's feel... Lindsey Graham I believe no yes li- maybe Lindsey Graham might be one of them but anyway um the other reason we turn to Georgia I mentioned this briefly earlier is because we've got the Georgia runoff so December 6 I believe um and you know there's been some quite stupid, commentary on twitter among other places Yeah, you know, we don't even need georgia anymore uh, am i wrong in in thinking that having a 51st uh democratic senator is un- an unspeakably important thing
7: you are not wrong. You're absolutely correct. Fifty-one forty-nine. it completely changes the, the equation and allows the Democrats to actually move with their agenda, especially appointments much faster. Kamala Harris can be freed up to actually be a vice president. You know, Kamala Harris, remember a vice president who's apparently hidden uh, or uh, many people assume is Voldemort. Uh, she won't have to come back to, uh, you know, gavel and be the, the 50th tie-breaking vote. So it's it's very consequential to the mundane, arcane procedures of how Congress works. And Kurt, um, who uh, might be me, because apparently me and Kurt might be the same person. Um, You're uh, not. You can come back and tell you. You're
5: never going to let that go. I thought Kurt was just your
1: uh, your nom de plume.
7: No, that's my evil. Brian also
5: called Danielle Dahlia. So, you know,
7: Danielle and Dahlia are the same people also, by the way, uh, for those who (laughs) who are watching. Uh, this is the trickery of Mary Trump. So so it's one of those things where on the outside, you're like, oh, we got 50-50, we'll be fine. But you get that extra seat. Uh, you have the majority. You free up Kamala Harris. And the way the con- congressional procedures works is the Biden administration, even this lame duck session, can at least get those appointments, which is necessary as a bulwark uh, against a obstructionism of the GOP, but also to put in some hopefully uh, competent people, especially judges, Because Republicans have been on it for forty years, uh, and Dahlia knows what's up. She's been saying it forever, and Uh and this gentleman Leonard Leo, who is one of the architects of creating the gentleman, really. Uh, I just say that I'm just really (laughs) nice. This uh, this right wing hack named Leonard Leo, gentleman, uh, is he a a gentle, a fragile gentleman? He's very gentle. Leonard Leo, Uh, a story that I always want to go back to because, as we predicted, was in the news for only a day. Received billion dollars from a right-wing uh investor barry Said, specifically with the intention to do whatever he wants and leonard leo's track record is to stack the courts through the federalist society so now leonard leo has a billion dollars ladies and gentlemen that can fund him and his agenda for a lifetime so that's fifty-one forty-nine. <laughs> well of his many right uh the second No, thing- I mean just yeah.
1: one lifetime.
7: <laughs> just well, yeah, well, multiple lifetimes, right? Like it, it, I mean a billion dollars of and he's surgical, right? This is where you gotta tip your hat to Republicans is that they had a plan, they they admitted their plan, and they have affected their plan for four decades, which is how you get the Supreme Court that we have right now that just rolled back 50 years of a constitutionally protected right that allows a Clarence Thomas to exist, even though Ginny Thomas Openly, we find out, gave $15,000 to pro-Trump uh, you know, groups just yesterday. Openly texted Mark Meadows, invited John Eastman, the, the coup attorney. Openly just said, last month, remember that, when uh, uh, the Democrats said, yeah, behind closed doors, she says, the election was stolen. I mean, I could go on and on and on. It goes back to your second point of why some of us, especially those, I think, who are on the wrong side of privilege, those who are black, brown, Muslim, poor white folks, the reason why we have been skeptical that justice will come down from the heavens against Donald Trump is because we have existed in this country called United States of America, where there's two standards of justice and you do not have to be a lawyer. I'm a recovering unfrozen caveman attorney, but you do not have to be a recovering unfrozen caveman like me to just use your, your ears and your eyes and say like, huh, if, if a, if a person takes highly classified documents, uh, that threaten our national security, and lies about it to the FBI. Don't they go to jail if a person uh, gives hush money to Stormy Daniels and engages in cam- campaign finance fraud? Don't they go to jail if a person incites a violent coup against our election and our democracy, and a whole bunch of that mob comes and kills five people? Don't you don't uh, you go to jail?
1: If I'm, I'm a- just talking a- crazy again, I'm so sorry. I'm-, I'm a
7: crazy. I'm a crazy brown man. Uh, or I might year. be Asian, like Kurt. I don't know. Am I Kurt, or am I watch? We don't know. Uh, keep us guessing. Keep us guessing. Or even Georgia, right? Uh, like if you're if you got me on tape, literally committing voter fraud and telling someone to find the votes, and then I have to go back to New York where we remember that the prosecutor punted the case, and now they're finally saying, you know what? We might have evidence. And then Weiselberg. This is separate from Weiselberg because Weiselberg ap- apparently admits openly, yeah, I was committing fraud, and so this was happening under our eyes openly and flagrantly for two decades, Mary has been knowing about this. She wrote a book about this, about her corrupt uncle. And I don't think this man will spend a day in jail. So I agree with Brian. He'll get indicted. He will not spend a day. In jail. In- Inshallah. This will be the Inshallah of prosecution. <laughs> one day, maybe Inshallah, he will get indicted, but it's one of those situations where First I think I right tweeting on his toilet in Mar-a-Lago, uh, he's not going to spend a day in jail. And what's happening with Mueller and with Garland and even with Smith. And I even heard this with Barr. There was a, there was an individual I won't name because he was wrong about it. Even though he's right about a lot. He said, Barr, he's an institutionalist. He'll do the right thing. I'm like, what bill Barr? what are you talking about? So Mueller, Garland, <laughs> Barr, uh, Smith and like fool me once, fool me once, fool me twice. And, and for those who don't know how this ecosystem works, uh, we're dealing with human beings, human beings who are working with individuals, colleagues, many of them are Republican. They drink, you know, they go to the same church, they go to the same synagogues, same temples, their kids go to the same schools. They want to protect this institution. Well, mostly churches. Let's be yeah, honest. churches. Yeah, I'm just I'm <laughs> trying to be diverse.
2: white right right Churches.
7: Right. The They're not. Maybe there's one. Uh, they they want to protect the institution. If you listen to Garland and Mueller, the institution is more sacrosanct and beloved than actual justice and accountability itself. And Garland is an institutionalist, a moderate, slow-moving institutionalist. And so to preserve these institutions that that are being actively hollowed out by election deniers and GOP extremists, they will delay justice. And so I... I'm optimistic, like Brian, that they will be <laughs> indicted. How? How are you optimistic? Politically? To be indicted. Not indicted, Indicted, but indicted. Not, not convicted. Yeah, yeah. Different. Right, I don't Lodge. think a single one of them will spend a day in jail. And it will. The, the sadness here is that by doing that, their intention to protect that very same institution will be compromised. And you will lose a lot of people's faith in uh, the institutions. And especially like when folks say, why are black folks and Muslim folks and brown folks so skeptical? And why do our communities believe in conspiracy theories? Because we have seen what happens to our communities and we've seen delayed justice. And, and, and the last thing I'll say is if you think there isn't a double standard and Dahlia and I have always mentioned this. And now more and more people are talking about it and dictionary.com tweeted it yesterday. Stochastic terrorism, the open terrorism Nurtured and inflamed by the GOP against LGBTQ folks, law enforcement, election uh, officials, Democrats like Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi, Republicans. What's happening to them?
1: Nothing. Yeah, listen, every time something egregious happens, like the shitting in Colorado Springs, we talk about stochastic terrorism here uh, because uh, failing to understand what it is and how it functions is a failure. To hold the people who are direct, directly and indirectly responsible for all of these horrible uh, acts of violence accountable, because uh, of course you know. Lines? I'm sorry.
8: Say, so can I say something along? I don't those think it's random, though.
1: Yeah, hang on, Brian. Uh, go ahead, Cliff. And then I, I, I do after that. I do want to. I do want to talk more about uh, Colorado, Colorado Springs. I was hoping yep. Charlotte would be here because I she wrote a piece about it. But anyway, go ahead, Cliff. Well,
8: I just think it's important for people to realize that that this is going on in all sorts of, uh, you know, parts of the United States. And we don't even know it until something like Colorado Springs happens. And so, you know, I just did a video at my channel and I know I sent it out to some folks where in Maricopa County. I mean, the guy there, Bill Gates, who is the election, which great name, by the way, but okay, election supervisor like he's he's a lifelong Republican uh, and he's in hiding right now. And they're spending taxpayer money, not that this is the biggest deal, but of, of Arizonans to, to have p- police, deputies, others protect this guy while he's in hiding, all because Carrie Lake won't shut the F up and, and stop being the sore loserist loser who lost and is losing. And you lost, by the way, Carrie Lake, and also you're a loser. And you know, like she won't admit that she lost and she keeps making up these conspiracies and lies. And so... This guy is getting like death threats by the hour or probably more often than that. And now he's in hiding. And like we all remember Christina Blasey Ford, who had to disappear basically from the earth after she came forward against Kavanaugh, like to think that this isn't part of their strategy, which is you speak out against them. They will make you hide. They will make you disappear. They will They will send violence your way. And so I just thought it was important to make that connection that Colorado Springs is the ultimate and evil and awful, and it's horrific to think about. But there are a lot of people right now, probably around the country, I know happen to know about this one, who actually are in hiding because of what Republicans say on a daily basis about them.
3: And, I, you know, yeah. just to like to jump in quickly, because I just finished doing an interview for tomorrow. On the shooting in Colorado um, is that no one is ever held accountable the media doesn't connect the dots on the rhetoric that comes out of these people's mouths Lauren Boebert had the fucking audacity to tweet thoughts and prayers right after she said that she wanted the entirety of the United States to look like Florida which means that we're in a place where we can't utter the word gay where we're criminalizing uh, parents of queer children that are trying to get them the affirming health care that they need, right? Um, and they're
1: groomers, those, yeah, those LGBTQ people. But
3: it's just like, the fact is, why do they use terms like groomers and pedophiles? Because the dehumanization that is attached to that then allows for the violence to occur and no one to feel bad about it. That these people that are committing acts of violence can feel like they are patriots because they are going out and arming themselves in order to quote unquote, save the children. And the reality here is that the more that we allow for these people to continue their rhetoric, to not connect the dots, to not make them responsible or accomplices to the mass shootings that are happening, I think is going to be to our detriment. And people will say, well, you know, how do you hold these people accountable? We hold them accountable in the public. The same way, like, I, I'm sorry, because I have moved on from wanting to appeal to people's good faith and, and humanism, because I don't think that they have it. I think that these people are hollowed. And I think that the more that you can attach them to this violence and make them right feel the same fear and the, the fact that they could lose their, their jobs, lose their money, lose their connections and their power because they're being seen as accomplices to these crimes, the better off it'll be. Because justice is not coming for these people so then what what is our responsibility as those that are part of the the, the talking head class right is like how do we unify and make it so that the public begins to turn on the Lauren Boberts and the Marjorie Taylor greens because there is no place for anyone to be safe whether you're a, a child in a classroom a, a, a patron at a bar go, going to the movie theater a synagogue a mosque like it doesn't matter. There's no place for you to be safe in America. That's the kind of America that they've created, and we can't disassociate what they have been doing.
7: Mary, can I, Mary, can I just say this real quick? Because I wrote an article that's coming out in an hour about this. That as as Danielle is saying, you would think after a tragedy, there would be some slack, some relent, some decency. Last night, Tucker Carlson doubled down mm-hmm. on the grooming and sexual indoctr- indoctrination bullshit to dehumanize not just LGBTQ but their allies. And also Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire, who's been one of the main uh, proponents of this type of stochastic terrorism, doubled down and called us all evil and soulless. Yep. That dehumanization radicalizes individuals who will commit violence against not just LGBTQ plus communities, but all their allies, which includes all of us.
1: Yeah, listen, it's what they want, and
4: uh, it involves guns.
1: So they're certainly not going to go after the guns. Uh, Go ahead
4: no i just want to link up what danielle just said uh to the judges because if you have not been watching we're having trump appointees around the country who are saying oh i'm doing originalism like i'm just doing what the supreme court did last term in bruin and left and right like striking down laws that make it harder for you know former felons for people who threaten uh their spouses for people who've been accused of you know, spousal abuse. Uh, You know, we've got a a, a Trump judge saying there's no originalist argument against taking guns into shelters for battered women. So there's clearly there can be no laws about that. So I just want to connect what Danielle just said and what's being said here, which is if you are for arming people without any kind of concern or regard for where they go what they've done what they are going to do and you think every one of them that gets a gun is a holy act of originalism you are just going to get more and more and more of this and the difference if you want to what side you know two sides this thing is that one side is going to have more and more and more and more guns
2: and, un- and ultimately, like Scalise, you're going to get shot, and that still won't change your opinion because you have sold your soul to the devil to- for the guns. Sorry, yeah. I cannot stand that anymore. I-, I-, I honestly don't understand how you can get shot. And I've asked him this question. How can you get shot? You were shot. You were randomly shot, and you still defend this. They it, To Danielle's point, they are hollow. But, Danielle, I'm going to try and just – I, I'm not going to try to be the Christian in it. I'm just going to try and say, "Holy crap! I hope someday, some way, somehow, somebody wakes the fuck up." <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, listen. That's my I last hope.
1: <laughs> it is. It is not about convincing them. I don't care. I don't not, care, I don't care about them. I just don't care about them. I, I and yet, like I still want them all them. to have health care.
2: I, I feel sympathetic as a human. I feel no sympathy for them because they've made these horrible decisions, and they have to suffer the results of their own decisions. Yeah, but, but the problem is the rest
1: out. of us also have to suffer yes. the results. So, and I think what the media really need to start doing is understanding that, well, um, that we're this stupid. is that this is asymmetrical warfare. Yeah, and yet, I uh, we have. Uh, wash flag this article i'm just gonna read you the headline (laughs) i'm sorry it's a tweet. tweet ashley parker wrote an article and she tweeted it out and this was her tweet i'm not kidding this isn't the onion this is the washington post quote i spent four years covering the trump white house and two years covering the biden white house what's fascinating is that they both lie albeit in very different ways. Trump team was shameless, whereas Biden team is too cute by half. No. Yes, definitely. They're very similar.
8: You may remember she criticized how Biden grieved for yes. his family members. Yeah.
2: Remember that administration for two years and He's the Trump administration for four years? You cannot compare the two. Of course you can.
1: Of course you can. And yet, we don't need to take her seriously. She's clearly terrible at her job. But Other people see, well, you know, Washington Post, New York Times, there must be something, you know, they must have a legitimate point, which they don't. Before we go, um, unfortunately, Charlotte wasn't here, but I do uh, briefly want to, uh, one, mention again uh, the horrific, I'm so fucking tired of talking about these shootings, which, by the way, people kept saying we don't have to live like this. Yes, we do. Yes, we do, until we get the political wherewithal or the political power to put a stop to it. We are now at the mercy of a significant minority of people in this country who don't care about you or your children or anybody else, and they will continue to make use of stochastic terrorism to keep the upper hand here. So yeah, this is who we are, and this is how we are forced to live um anyway I, I also i think it's worth pointing out that a, a man named rich fierro a retired uh, army major uh not only did he uh, save a lot of lives by taking down uh, the gunman with the assistance of an as yet to be identified uh, trans woman who was a dancer at the club who uh, m- one of my favorite things stomped the murderer with her high heel um and no guns by the way no guns (laughs) right good guys gay guys gay women without guns
8: can we share in the chat here that weird like people can buy their merch because the dude they own the microbrewery yeah i've been sharing it it on twitter they're awesome people they march in the pride parade
1: yeah put it in uh, put it in the private chat uh cliff and and simon can put it in the uh other other chat so uh I want to read two quotes. The first is from Rich Farrow, who, again, uh, in a remarkable act of heroism, saved a lot of people. Quote, these kids want to live that way, want to have a good time, have at it. I'm happy about it because that is what I fought for. So they can do whatever the hell they want, which is, in this context, to be authentically who they are and speaking of charlotte at uh, charlotte i was uh hoping you would be here because i was just about to quote from your uh beautiful piece in oh. Thoughts. uh we're just wrapping up because we're almost done <laughs> just wrapping up by every talking. time i tell you i
6: confirm for one of these days i yeah, just, but you made it you know something you comes it. up so
1: that, that's okay you're here now and the timing actually is perfect i think so, can i just say charlotte
7: I, would make an amazing pakistani uncle who comes to the event right when the dinner is served it's like the timely <laughs> woman,
6: perfect thank you all right that um, was high
7: praise by the way high praise
1: <laughs> kurt we know it was high praise you don't have to uh you don't have to remind us um <laughs> Anyway, so Charlotte, I was just I just uh, read the the quote by Rich Fiero, uh, one of the heroes who took down the gunman without a gun, and um, you know I mentioned I don't know if the 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 trans woman who helped stomp the the murderer uh, with her high heel has been identified yet. I hope she gets identified so she can be acknowledged. But um, you know one of one of the the more heartbreaking layers to this kind of uh, mass murder is is that you know it's it's horrible, of course. It's but it's it's the the fact that this is a one of the very few safe spaces that is taken away from a community that's increasingly endangered by rhetoric on the right and has fewer and fewer safe spaces to exist in and thrive in. Okay, so <clears throat> with that, uh, well, first of all, Charlotte, I want to, you know, uh, ask what your thoughts are, and then I want to end this afternoon uh, with a quote from your beautiful
6: uh, piece. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll be quick because I know we got places to be, uh, but I wanted to really quickly point out, and I'm sure you've already pointed this out, Mary, that the uh, the uh, the woman who you know stomped this asshole's face with her high heels was a trans woman was not a drag queen you already mentioned that but i'm going to emphasize to everyone else who's watching that it's very important to make that distinction drag queens and trans women are two very different communities we don't have anything in common in fact you know it's it's you know because women are typically not permitted to be drag queens or being drag queen circles that's that's a general rule Mm -hmm. uh that includes us we're not We're not part of that community. So I just want to make that clear because a lot of folks are confused on that. Mm -hmm. Just want to confirm for it. Okay.
1: Yeah. uh, Jennifer Finney Boyle wrote a piece about that um, in the post, I believe, uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, That, you know, um, for trans women, their gender identity is not something they put on. It's not, you know, it's not fantasy. It's not something. That that uh, that's that's part of entertainment. It's who they are. <laughs> it's so yeah. It is, and it is important. You know, the rest of us, um, in all sorts of ways, uh, we need to be open to educating ourselves uh, about this. It's okay not to know. It is not okay to choose to be ignorant. Um, so with that, I I just wanted to read the last bit of Charlotte's piece. Everybody should go check out. Uh, her Substack, Charlotte's Web Thoughts, uh, quote, the shooting could have been so much worse, and I know we're all grateful it wasn't, due entirely to the heroism of patrons who overtook the gunman. But I guarantee you that millions of LGBTQ people around the country are going to be more on edge moving forward, knowing there's always a chance, some hateful bigot, motivated by the onslaught of violent anti-LGBTQ rhetoric from conservative politicians and charlatans in recent years could show up to our spaces and open fire. That is terrifying. And people who are not LGBTQ need to understand that. We need you to understand that. So, Charlotte, thank you for that. Um,
8: Where's the piece so I can...
1: I. <clears throat> Charlotte's Web Thoughts. I, I mean, I think if you just oh, Google Charlotte okay, Climber Substack, sub-stack okay. that yes. also will take you there. Oh, um, anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, Charlotte. I'm Charlotte, glad you Charlotte if
7: you put in the link, Simon can then put the link in, oh, in yeah. there.
6: Great. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Done.
1: Right on it. Thank you. Um, okay. So that is it for today. Thank you. Thank of course, you. By the all way, of Harry, you for... very sweet of you. No, thank you for writing it. Uh, thank you for being here.
0: Happy, Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Thanksgiving, I guess yes <laughs> just kidding oh my goodness okay so charlotte climber brian haram danielle moody and congratulations again danielle the new on the new gig uh at the new abnormal Waj, you have something to say
7: mary what's happening on december 19th oh you who are so good oh, at promoting I do, yourself
1: i do that after we oh okay wrap good, up, good 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 i
7: just had little faith that's no 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 okay. no we do it
5: twice
1: because okay. we're here
5: no watch okay. and i want you to do it now because we can't Okay. Here, why don't you kick us off? So,
1: before I finish the
5: rest of the nerds, uh,
1: just a reminder that on December 9th, December 19, 19- 2022, by the way, so in like a month, uh, Waj, hard. Jen, and I are going to be live on stage at Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles for the very first of what we hope will be many, many uh, live on stage versions of the Mary Trump Show Nerd Avengers with a rotating cast and local special guests wherever we go you know hopefully it will be coming to a town or city near you Uh, so please check that out again it's uh we'll have the link in the show notes and we'll put the link in the uh, comment section as well so uh hopefully if you're local out there we will see you and um maybe kurt will show up just to confuse things is it Kurt? Is it Waj?
5: You oh, won't know. If they're both on stage... Waj, stage Waj, fun. what are you wearing? Have you decided? Because I have vacillated on this.
7: So uh, for the, uh, if, as we leave, I just want everyone to know as an insider peek, uh, Jen has sent me and Mary for the past two months for different wardrobe choices, and we we're like, oh, it would be a nice <laughs> shirt. And I'm talking about, like, Oscar gowns <laughs> and, like, fancy-schmancy heels, and Mary Bold and I are like, oh, we platforms. were going to wear sweats, but I it's guess like, now we got to yeah, wear, like, I, a box.
1: I don't know. I'm thinking t-shirts. Jane Snickers,
5: but I'm taking several
1: costume Waj, you changes. Would look, you
6: would look great in sequins, by the way. Waj, thank I you. I think he would. It would bring someone finally
7: life. sees me. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'll bring I'll someone. my suit.
1: I'm throwing that challenge down. Sequins all around except for me. Okay, <laughs> so again, thank you to all of my nerds: uh, Charlotte, Danielle, Brian, Ali, Cliff Schecter, Danielle Ethic. <laughs> what is wrong with me?
2: <sighs> you need a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness gracious. Daniel Lithwick, Dahlia Moody, and Jen Dub, and Kurt Kurt Ali, and Wajahat Bardella. <laughs> Thank you all so much for being here. And <laughs> hopefully I'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you all so much for being here today. Thank you to my nerd Avengers. Uh, it, it's so good to have them here. Um, and thanks for all of your comments. So appreciate all of you uh, taking time out of your Tuesday uh, to join us live. Uh, just a reminder, uh, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. There will however be your show, but it's just gonna be me. We're gonna do an Ask Mary Anything Within Reason. Uh, That's 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. uh, That's at YouTube.com slash Politicon. Regular Nerd Avenger show next Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And of course, you can, uh, when you're on the Politicon YouTube channel, you can subscribe to Politicon, which I highly uh, encourage you to do or strongly encourage you to do and while you're there you can like the episode you can leave a comment and also click on the bell there's a bell there that on the on the Litacon youtube page that if you if you click on that bell right there uh, you will be sure to be notified anytime a new video drops whether it's an interview or ner- nerd Avenger show or anything else uh, you know a- an emergency session, a live stream. And if you can listen to everything uh, in podcast form on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, please leave a five-star review. It's really crucially important for helping other people find the show. Um, And again, December 19th, that's a Monday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Our very first live on stage, Mary Trump Show, Nerd Avengers, with Waj, Jen, special local guest, And uh, that is at Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles. I really hope to see you there. It is going to be a blast. Um, And uh, hopefully I'll see you guys on Thursday. Get your questions ready. Um, Thank you again so much for being here. In the meantime, please stay safe and be kind.